Good morning and happy Saturday, Australia. Welcome to day number eight of the Tokyo's 2020 podcast. It's the middle weekend of what's been a golden game so far and with plenty of Aussies in action and gold up for grabs, what a weekend it's set to be. Of course, tonight I'm joined by my two esteemed co-hosts who I'm sure are towy for a big weekend of binge-watching our green and gold heroes from the couch. First of all, we'll throw to you, Mr. Oliver Lemke. How'd you enjoy today's action? Mate, unbelievable. Seven days in, seven days to go. What a week it's been. Couldn't have enjoyed this week more. Absolutely. And Tommy the Gun Murphy, what do you make of day seven in Tokyo and the first week overall? Oh, mate, outstanding. I think it's exceeded expectations. Um, definitely on an Aussie front. And uh, I don't think I've watched this much sport in a long time. So let it continue. It's been outstanding, hasn't it? All right, boys, I think it's probably time we should get into it. Enough of the, um, the chit-chat. So as we like to do, I don't think we've done this for a couple of days, but um, I'd like to throw an opening question to you both. Um, I've, I've given you a, a couple of hours to prepare for this one, so I'm looking forward to some interesting answers here. But if you could choose a non-Australian city to be the Olympic host city, which city would it be and why? And I'm going to throw to you first here, Tommy. Thanks, Al. Um, yeah, look, I've gone a little little different. I guess it's not necessarily one of the most iconic cities in the world, um, but I've gone with Phuket and Thailand. Now, I just think um, from an off the field or off the court or whatever it may be or, um, standpoint, it wouldn't get much better than that because it would be like an absolute zoo. Um, you know, Thailand is sort of a burgeoning economy, you know, not the capital, Bangkok, but think you know given its waterside location you know it'd be perfect for a lot of the events um and yeah i think we'd just all be excited how about a full moon party uh for the closing ceremony with buckets like wouldn't that be a spectacle absolutely mate I'd, i think i'd be there in a heartbeat how about yourself ollie yeah mate um i've gone a similar tactic to tommy um and but more so, I've gone because of the infrastructure they've recently built in this particular place. Las Vegas, I think they've got a brand new football stadium, which is state-of-the-art. They've got a brand new basketball arena. More so, I think the uh, Tokyo's 2020 coming, uh, 2024 maybe, coming straight from Las Vegas would be something else. The boys on tour. Um, because obviously, we'd be over in Tokyo right now if it weren't for COVID. Um, that just was the only thing stopping us from going into this particular Olympics. Um, and yeah, I think it'd just be a great shout. All the uh, facilities are there in terms of um, hosting an Olympics. So uh, I think it'd be better than Los Angeles 2028. So I might, might put in a little bid and see if they can get it swapped. Absolutely. Yeah. Is it the Allegiant Stadium, the new stadium that they built in Las Vegas for the Mighty Raiders? That's the one, mate. Yeah. I reckon that you'd have some of the big casino hotels sort of um, fighting over who's getting the boxing as well because we've seen plenty of good combat sports in there over the years. That's it. I, I've sort of gone somewhere in the middle. I've gone in the Americas, but I've also gone with a bit more of a party tropical vibe. I've gone Kingston in Jamaica. Um, yeah, they've got those great cricket stadiums in the West Indies and Jamaica is the party capital of the world. What a what better way to celebrate the great man Usain Bolt's uh, probably the best Olympic career this century apart from you, Phelpsy, but um, that's a debate for another day as well. Um, but they've got the party, they've got the athletes, they've got the rum. I mean, what, what more could you want than that? 
That's a beauty, mate. Mike asked you'd be a particular fan of that one, I think. Yeah, bloody hell. I think he was uh, more of a fan of the beach in Barbados and Kingston, but um, shout out to you, Mr. Cricket. All righty, then that's enough of playing silly buggers. I think it's time to get into the, the day six review and um, talk about all the big things that happened today. It was another big day for the Aussies. Uh, winning a couple of gold and uh, winning some other big matches as well. So let's get straight into it, shall we? We had the golf kickoff early this morning. We'll actually have an update for that uh, for you later on in the show today, um, just because that goes for four days and we're not going to sort of sit here and waste time talking about things that uh, we're going to talk about a bit later. Then at 10 o'clock, we had our favourite beach volleyball team with Atacho del Solar and Clancy. As we said last night, they've actually already progressed to the uh, round of 16, uh, but they went down today in three sets to the Russian pairing of Makroguzova, that's a tongue twister, and Kolomina. So the girls march on nonetheless, despite the loss, and so they'll have their round of 16 match on Sunday. Then we had 10 o'clock, the women's 25-metre pistol. Uh, the qualification round, we had our favourite, Elena G. She finished one point outside of the final, so... Another heartbreaking result for her there. Um, and then at 10.15, we had one of Ollie's favourites in the men's high jump, the first of the track and field events for the Games. We had the King of Westeros, otherwise known as the brother of Mitchell, Australian fast bowling legend, uh, Brandon Stark. He cleared 2.28 to qualify in the top 12 for the high jump final. Um, so that was a really good start from the Olympic Stadium for the athletics team. And then that was followed off by uh, a more disappointing effort um, from our boys in the 3000 meter stable chase, not typically one of our strong events with Ben Buckingham, Matty Clark and Edward Trippus. Might I add terrific name for a steeple chaser. Um, but unfortunately, none of them were able to qualify through to the final. In better news though, we had the 1045, the men's disc with Matthew Denny qualifying for the final, which is on tomorrow night. So that was great to see. And then at 11, we had the Kookaburras back in action, defending their unbeaten record against the Spanish. That finished in a one-all draw after the Spaniards just snuck in a last-minute equaliser. Nevertheless, the boys have qualified first from Group A uh, and their quarterfinal opponent, uh, though yet to be determined, that match will be played on Sunday. And then I believe we ha- we're back to the regatta and we've got our rowing expert, Tommy, back on deck tonight. What happened there, mate? Yeah, again, liberal, liberal use of the word expert there, Al, but... Uh, we had the women's and the men's eights going down the uh, shipping canal there. And unfortunately for both, it, not, the, not the greatest of results. The girls finished in fifth um, in a race won by Canada um, with New Zealand in second and China in third. And I suppose, you know, a lot of us saw that result coming given that they'd qualified through the final in, in the repercharge um, and didn't perform particularly great there. But so that draws the end of their campaigns. So good on the girls. And then the eight, uh, likewise, the men's eight, they finished last in their final um, in a race at New Zealand were actually able to claim gold in. And that was their first, that, that was their first gold medal in the eight event. So good on them. Um, but it seems as though you are definitely cursed Al now that you've, um, talked down about New Zealand. They've gone on to win, what is it, three golds now? Yeah, I believe they're on zero when I started talking about them and now they're on three. So, so we, might have last... to lim- we might have to limit that now. Otherwise, they might catch us. Yeah, I don't really like talking about them and their shit accents anyway. So uh, it's probably the last you'll hear from me about that. But it's followed on from 
me talking up the women's doubles teams and then also talking up the four by 200 freestyle relay, putting, giving the wrong tip last night and um, tipping up Ash Barty as well in the mixed doubles today. So not, not having a good streak. Uh, the BMX racing was um, one of the hardest to watch today. Um, um, Saya Sakakabara, uh, she was in front in the semifinal, uh, basically almost already qualified for the final as she was sitting in third. She was clipped from behind by the by a yank of all people. Um, if you've been listening to this show before, you'd know we are not the greatest supporters of the Seppos. Um, so she crashed out. It was an awful fall for the for poor old Saya, um, requiring immediate medical medical attention attention. Um, so that was pretty heartbreaking to see. Uh, her teammate Laura Laura Reynolds she finished second and third in her last two semi runs, qualifying for the final. Uh, ended up finishing in fifth. So um, it, it was pretty tough to watch the uh, BMX today. But uh, that's the end of the uh, BMX racing for Tokyo. But speaking of cycling, we've got our first listener question of the night coming in from Adrian Porku all the way from Leeton. He's asked, lads, when are we allowed into the velodrome? So the velodrome is open for business, Adrian, with the men's and women's team pursuit heats and the women's team sprint finals kicking off on Monday. Plenty of gold medals on offer in the velodrome every day up until next Sunday. His second question was, are the Aussies up for any medals? And our answer to that is, hold your horses, Adrian. We'll have a full update for your Monday morning preview. Yeah, we don't deal in futures bets, do we, Ollie? So we just deal in day-to-day previews. We've got our eyes firmly on the next day ahead. And it's, um, as a great man once said to me, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. And that's what, exactly what we're doing here on the show. Um, and then at 11.25 today, we had the athletics again, the women's 800 metres, another event we're not typically that strong at. We had Catriona Bissett and Morgan Mitchell. Unfortunately, neither of the girls were able to progress to the semifinals. Um, so another disappointing result there. And it's a bit of a reality check going from the, the, the pool to the track where we're um, probably the two marquee events of the Olympics where we're going from our, our strongest one and probably our strongest performance since our Athens um, to our weakest one. But speaking of our strongest one, we we're back in the pool today and uh, one race, two medals, one gold. How bloody good was that one, boys? Do you catch a, catch the women's 100 metres freestyle today with uh, Emma McKeon and Katie Campbell taking out the gold and bronze, respectively? Yeah, um, absolutely. That was that was an outstanding race. Uh, I was hoping for, personally, had a little side bet on that it would be an Aussie one too with McKeon and Campbell. Um, but, you know, definitely take any medal that's on offer. Um Geez, Emma McKean's in some form. Uh, I think she carried that over into the fifty, into the fifty meter um, event as well tonight. So let's hope she can go for another individual gold. Yeah, McKean's just an absolute superstar, isn't she? She just never uh, fails to live up to her um, to her name, and and she absolutely killed it today. Uh, I think it was a pretty quick final. I think it was the fifth far, the fastest. The f- top five finishers would have won the previous gold medal. So. It was good to see an Aussie do it with it all to do and getting it done. Absolutely. I think it's our first win in the in that marquee event, the 100 metres women's freestyle since great Jody Henry got the job done in Athens. So it's good to see 
we might have got pipped yesterday, but uh, in the men's, but you can't keep Felsies down in the 100 metres freestyle. And then we had the 200 metres backstroke semis. We've been keeping a keen eye on this with Lemo uh, punning Kaylee McKeown, otherwise known as the F bomb. She qualified in uh, the fifth fastest from the semis today. So she'll draw an outside lane in the final tomorrow. But while she, the F bomb was fifth quickest, the C bomb uh, was a bit of a su- surprise. She won her heat and qualified fastest. So she'll start from lane four in what looks like might be a little bit of a career renaissance for her. And then sticking in the water, I think um, we've actually probably been the the first to uh, jump on this one earlier than everyone else. Ollie's been talking up the great man, Matty Wern, in the sailing for a number of days now. And uh, I don't even think Channel 7 were aware of him until after his race today. But can you, ha- can you walk us through what happened in today's uh, lasers races 9 and 10, Ollie? Yeah, mate, I can. And for all those who missed it, which would be a lot of our listeners because Channel 7 couldn't organise a piss-up in a pub as far as I'm concerned, um, Matty Wern finished first and 12th today in his two races, which um, has locked in his gold medal heading into the, the final race on Sunday. He's 11 points clear. So it's a massive result at the regatta today. I encourage everyone to tune in to provided the uh, broadcasters telecasted, of course, for one of the favourites of the show, cruise to victory in another goal for Australia. That'll be Sunday morning, kicking uh, Sunday afternoon, kicking off at one o'clock. Yeah, what better way than to um, enjoy your Sunday acting like the Sultan, having a few schooners and uh, watching another Aussie get up on the podium and sing, belt out the national anthem. You reckon? You reckon he uh, goes for the win in this event, or or like maybe a bit of showboating? Does he just sort of? stand on the on the bow of the boat with both hands raised and because you know he doesn't actually have to i don't even believe he has to finish does he nothing to lose nothing to lose uh and he's obviously shown he's the the premier sailor in the event so why not why not uh, make the, the the podium even sweeter on sunday by taking out the race and proving to those behind him who might have a gripe with some of the conditions i know it's been quite uh, stormy and a bit windy and rainy over there during the course of this laser event. But um, what a great way to prove that you're the, the most worthy by flogging them again on Sunday. What do you reckon, Ollie? You've been keeping a closer eye on it than me. Yeah, well, we, it's, we all know Matty Wern. He's, he's not going to showboat. He's not going to parade around as if he's, um, you know, just conquered the world, even though he has. He's, he's going to go out and he's going to win this. He's a, he's a, he's a competitor. As we said the other day, he's um, idols Michael Jordan. What would Michael Jordan do? He'd be out there trying to put his foot on the throat and uh, draw as much, as much bite as possible. Absolutely. I've, I've actually heard a few people um, call him the Michael Jordan of the East Fremantle's um, Yacht Club, which I believe is his home yacht club. And you're absolutely right there. If Michael Jordan had, had um, been able to go for a 7-0 victory in the best of seven, you can bet your bottom dollar he would have been going um, hell and leather for it. So... Anyway, uh, we move on to our new favourite event of the Olympics, the canoe slalom. We had um, our favourite French Polynesian-born Australian, Lucien Belfort, in the K1 today, following up from the mighty Foxy's um, gold medal run yesterday. Uh, he was awesome through the heats yesterday, um, qualifying third fastest, and then again came through in fifth, I think, in the, for the final. But he unfortunately endured quite a tricky run down the unforgiving course today and finished in eighth position, but um, nevertheless, a, a terrific Olympics from him. 
Um, as seems to be the theme with, with a lot of our athlete athletics has been in the water or a lot of our athletes have been in the water and that's where a lot of our success has been. So tonight we saw that continue in the diving, the women's three meter springboard, the preliminary round there, we had Esther Quinn and Annabelle Smith finish in ninth and 18th position respectively. So now they'll move on to the semifinals tomorrow with the top 18 moving through there. So Annabelle's probably going to have to improve on her 18th position to gain a spot in the final, but Esther Quinn, if she can uh, get a bit more out of her own dives and she's going to be every chance making the final. And then tonight we're back, back to the track. Um, something I've, I've definitely been looking forward to, and it's great to get a few finals at night after um, seeing the IOC fold to the, the Seppos and NBC demanding that they have primetime swimming finals in, at, for their evening slots. Um, disregarding the might of the swimming that is in the Southern Hemisphere these days. So tonight, the Aussies, we had the round one of the women's 5,000 metres. We had Isabel Batdoyle, Jenny Blundell and Rose Davies. The girls finished 11th, 15th and 18th um, respectively. So unfortunately, none of them will be progressing. And then tonight, we had the first gold medal of the event of the track. We had the men's 10,000 metres, a gruelling event, especially in this uh, very humid Tokyo weather that we're seeing at the moment. Um, and it was, a, it was a grueling event. There's no other way you can describe it. There was athletes falling left, right and centre. Um, our, our tip from last night, Joshua Cheptege, the Ugandan, he had a teammate go out and uh, set quite a hot pace, but he fell off and then uh, a number of the competitors actually fell off. Our lone Aussie man, uh, Paddy Tiernan, showed plenty of ticker. Uh, he went with the, the largely African group uh, who are typically the strongest in these uh, staying athletics races um, for much of it, but fell away off sort of on the last lap. And um, it was quite a touching scenes when he fell over and looked like to pass out in the last lap, got up and soldiered on and uh, finished like we know it, um, a great Aussie battler does. Um, but the winner there, so the first gold medal of the track went to Selimon Barega of Ethiopia, who just pipped our man Joshua Cheptegi of Uganda. And then again tonight, we're back in the pool. We had the women's 50-metre freestyle heats uh, with Emma McKeon and Kate Campbell backing up off their 100-metre podium finishes today. Hopefully, they didn't have too many Asahis after that. Uh, it certainly didn't look like they did. They got through the heats once again with no trouble. And just like they did today in the final, Emma's fastest through and Kate's the third fastest through. So there's a bit of, uh, bit of synchronicity for you there. Uh, and then we had the men's 1,500-metre freestyle heats. Uh, Jack McLaughlin swimming again. That bloke's got a few miles in his uh, arms and legs this, in the pool this, uh, this week, hasn't he? And then Thomas Neal, the uh, better-than-Lego man, uh, quoting Matty Johns after the 4x200-metre relay bronze, I believe. Um, they were in the 1,500-metres freestyle heats tonight. Unfortunately, neither of them made it through to the final, which is disappointing. Um, I know personally... We had the glory years there of Perkins and Hackett. They won two in a row each. Um, and the nation is singing out for a hero in the 1500. Don't you reckon, Tom? Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, for us growing up, it just was kind of expected that that was an event that you'd sit down on the telly and you'd just expect the Aussie to uh, pull further and further ahead. But unfortunately, um, yeah, as you said, we're kind of waiting for someone to come along in that distance event and, you know, particularly now that the 800 metres has been added to the men's program, like if you can have someone that covers both of those, then, you know, that's two good 
two good medal chances and it just seems like maybe perhaps lacking a little bit of depth there but um yeah like it's 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 a tough old slog i don't i wouldn't hold it against anyone if they didn't choose to uh go down that path that's for sure yeah god no i struggle walking 1500 meters let alone swimming or running it so fair play to you there boys um and just on that 800 i noticed uh thorpey the other day saying that um, there was a bit of talk before the Athens Olympics that they were going to bring in the 800 metres for the men. So Thorpe actually added to his schedule, not a, not a typical 800 metre swimmer. And in the, uh, I think the 01 or the 03 world champs, he actually won 800 gold, gold medal. So, um, and I have to say as well, I've been bagging Channel 7, but Thorpey's been the shining light there. The bloke is an absolute um, oracle. He can tell you what times they're going to swim three laps out, two laps out, one lap out, four laps out. Um, apart from going the early crow on Kyle Chalmers, he's been flawless and it's great to see him um, back where he belongs on the Channel 7 commentary um, when we're having a Golden Games in the Olympics. What are your thoughts on him, Ollie? Mate, 100%. I think you said it best the other day. He's a Tony Ramo swimming commentary. Tommy, your thoughts? Yeah, I just find he's, he's a very calming influence. You know, when you particularly, let's say, Ariane Titmus's 200 meter swim or 400 meter swim going into the last turn, you know, he kind of, you're just kind of waiting for his soothing, soothing dulcet tones to come in and, you know, say, look, I, th- I think Arnie's, uh, you know, about to step on the throttle here and, and come through and you kind of just fully trust him. Um, and it, it's quite reassuring for someone that's sitting on the edge of their seat, chewing their fingernails. He's the sort of bloke you want there just to, just to let you know that everything's going to be all right. That's it. Just stroking, yeah. stroking your, your forehead and running his fingers through your hair. It, there's definitely an element of feeling safe about seeing Thorpey on the screen and seeing the Aussies um, absolutely flying on the gold medal tally, especially in the swimming. So that's definitely been a th- bit of a throwback this uh, Olympics. And then tonight, the last event, we had the not long finished now, the women's and men's, the four by 100 men and medley relay. I probably thought going into this, we'd be pretty strong contenders for at least a bronze in both. Uh, we saw the girls go through third fastest with pretty much a B team. Seabom, uh, Hodges, Thrussell and O'Callaghan doing heavy lifting for the A team in the final um, on Sunday, I believe that is. And then the boys... Uh, rolled out quite a strong side and only sort of came in six fastest. So potentially uh, in a bit of Barney rubble there if, if we're looking to add to our medal tally, but that's sort of no different from the narrative that is the Australian swimming team in the pool this Olympics with the, the girls outperforming the boys once again. Um, and then just before we got on air as well, we saw Barty and um, Johnny Piers go down to the Russian pairing in a super tie break. Massively disappointing, but they've got a big match for another bronze um, on the weekend. I believe that will be tomorrow, depending on who they're playing and whether or not they've got a singles or another doubles over the weekend. So that'll be interesting and it'll be great to see Barty. She's got she's been in three events this Olympics after backing up of a big Wimbledon win. So hopefully uh, she's got an insatiable appetite for Olympic uh, medals um, and hopefully we can do something to feed that. And then Tommy, you're keeping a keen eye on the rugby sevens today. How'd the, how'd the Aussie girls um, fare backing up their uh, Olympic gold in Rio? 
Yeah, pretty disappointing, Al. Um, their two games today, they had a um, their final pool game against the US, uh, which they went down 14-12. They didn't look themselves, um, but, you know, you could potentially excuse that for the fact that they already knew they were going through. Um, and then, yeah, they they had their quarterfinal matchup against Fiji, and it was much of the same, to be honest. They went ahead in the match, but... Um, they were just kind of the Fijians were just a little bit too big, too strong, too fast, um, and it just didn't look like the the um, Aussie women's seven side that we've come to know, particularly that one that won the gold in Rio. So very disappointing for them. Um, I think they have to back up tomorrow for I think the best result that they can get is a fifth. So that would definitely be something uh, that would be hard to stomach, given. They know exactly what the high, the highs of Olympic glory are. Yeah, look, I think at the end of the day, tough one to, to put a finger on, but they had more Instagram posts than they did tries scored. So that could be have something to do with the result there. Better news, though, for the Aussies was the Matildas up against Great Britain and uh, the Brits are going home. What a performance from the Matildas. The Aussies were on fire tonight. They scored first for the head of Alana Kennedy, um, went into halftime, up 1-0. The Poms came out firing. They went bang, bang, straight after halftime. And uh, they looked home and hose. Two minutes to go in regular time. The BBC had actually already put up a post congratulating their team on going through to the semifinals, which makes it all the more sweet. Um, Sam Kerr leveled the scores, uh, sending it into extra time. Uh, the Poms got awarded a dubious penalty in extra time, but Aussie keeper Tegan Mika was up to it. She was dived, dove to her left, got it, did a fantastic save. Aussies went up the other end, and um, Mary Fowler, young 17 year old, uh, popping it in top bins from 25 yards, 25 yards out. Potential deflection, can't be sure on that one, but um, it was an amazing moment. Sam Kerr then backed it up. Two minutes later, so the Aussies are up 4-2 with 10 to play. Uh, Poms dragged one back to um, lead to a bit of a tense last five minutes, but the Matildas hung strong and they'll go through to the semifinals um, in an absolutely brilliant performance. Did you see that one, Al? Oh, mate, I, I was glued to it. I think that's probably why we started our podcast a little bit late tonight, the extra time. And I was praying for no penalties, but in the back of my mind, I knew that a British team stacked with England players were going to be cactus in penalties anyway, so we were going to get through nonetheless. <laughs> um, Mary Fowler, she's born in 2003. That is absolutely absurd. Sammy Kerr, absolute superstar of the game, best player in the world. Um, so very excited to see what's happening there um, in the next round. I believe we're playing the winner of Sweden or Japan. Someone might have to fact check me on that one, but probably a tough game um, from whoever won that one tonight. Um but then it's been a big day for our girls. So what's happening with the Opals in China, Tommy? Are they are they on live now? Well, uh, the basketball's just finished here. And unfortunately, the uh, the Opals have gone down to China in a very, very close match. Um, they drew, drew it up with two seconds to go and unfortunately gave away a foul, which meant uh, China went to the free throw line for two and they were able to uh, win by two points. So... 
unfortunately for the Opals, it just makes things a little bit more difficult with qualifying. They'll they'll have to go and put a big uh, put a clinic on Puerto Rico um, with a big points differential, and kind of worry about a few other results to go their way. So it's not going to be smooth sailing for them. There's still chances that they'll pro- still a chance that they'll progress, um, but they've made made it difficult for them. Um, but yeah, the, that that's the update from the court. All right. Well, it's not, not the best of news, but it sounds like we might still have a chance there. So hopefully there's a silver lining to that cloud. All right. And that's it for Friday's review. That's probably not the best uh, news to end that one on, but uh, we move on anyway. Uh, and then once again, we're back to the golf at 8.30. We didn't give you an update on the golf uh, from yesterday because we know that uh, we don't need you to hear that twice in, in half an hour session. So a little update there. Cam Smith, he's uh, four under today. Double bogey on the last really hurt him. So he's currently sitting in 20th. And then Marky Leishman followed up his one under yesterday. He shot two over today. So he's now one over uh, and 51st overall. Xander Schauffele, um, a bit of a um, continual uh, theme at the top of the PGA Tour leaderboards. Leads at 11 under after two days. So it looks like he's going to be very hard to catch. There's also a number of big names not far behind him. So hopefully uh, Smithy's right up there tomorrow uh, with moving day and um, a big day on Sunday would be outstanding from the man with the, the mullet and the AUS for Oz in his uh, sideburns. And then also at 8.30, uh, we've got the first ever mixed team relay in the triathlon. So this is obviously a brand new event for the Olympics. And um, I've taken the liberty of going to do a bit of research about how that works so that uh, you, your uh, understanding of it uh, when you wake up on Saturday morning tomorrow. So the way it works is that each country is made up of two men and two women. The order goes female, male, female, male. Um, each triathlete competes in the super sprint triathlons. So that's a 300 meter swim, a 6.8 kilometer bike and a two kilometer run. Um, I'm not too sure as to the, what the makeup of our team will be yet, uh, but I'm sure if you're not into the golf, it'll be a cracker to enjoy with your bacon egg roll um, and beer or coffee or champagne or scotch or vodka, um, depending what you're doing, uh, what you depending what you're pairing your breakfast with um, in lockdown tomorrow. Then at 9.30, we've got the session three in both the individual and team eventing. Um, as we go to air, the Friday's events are still going. So you'll have to tune into the equestrian channel on seven plus if they decide to put it on tomorrow. Cause we don't know what our friends at seven are like doing that. Um, hopefully Andrew Hoy and the, and the boys and the girls, uh, are in good Nick, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. And then at 10 AM, we've got the athletics day session kicking off, which is an, has a number of qualifiers with a number of Aussie athletes in action. Uh, first off, we've got the 400-meter hurdles with Sarah Carley in round one there. Then we've got former world champion Danny Stevens in the discus qualifications in the women's. And then we've got a controversial one here. We had the uh, one of the best in the world pull out, the American, and as well as the Argentinian in the pole vault due to positive COVID tests. But Curtis Marshall, our, our, uh, our gun male pole vaulter, looking to replicate big Steve Hooker's uh, feats from Beijing in 08 there. So he's, he was actually a close contact and cleared to not be carrying that uh, spicy cough, as we like to call it. So hopefully he can pull out a big effort for there tomorrow. And then we've got the, the men's 800, the round one. We've got Peter Bowl, Charlie Hunter, and Jeff Risley. 
And then we've also got the women's 100 metre hurdles, friend of the show, Liz Clay in round one there. And then at 10.30, uh, archery. I know Tom's been looking forward to the archery. We've got the uh, round of 16 men's individuals, Taylor Worth. He's coming off a big 6-4 win over the Chinese competitor Wei. So hopefully he can, uh, unless he's in a leg alas and um, hit, hit, hit a few 10s for the boys tomorrow with their bow and arrow. Now, this is an interesting one at 11.10. Obviously, we had the BMX racing today, but tomorrow we've got the BMX freestyle. We've got the men's and women's heats. So if you think about when you're a kid and you used to drive past the skate park, I assume most of our listeners uh, didn't spend much time at the skate park when they were kids. Um, and you'd see the kids there on their uh, BMX bikes doing sick tricks. Um, this is pretty much what the BMX freestyle is. It's also probably the only time you'll see people riding BMX at a skate park without, a mo- without seeing a few Monster Energy cans scattered around the park. So it's definitely going to be an interesting one. Definitely not something I'd, I'd normally tune into. But it's, interestingly enough, we actually have Logan Martin, who's got a very BMX freestyle name. He's the, he's the favourite in the in the men's. And then Natalia Dame's the favourite in the women's. So an interesting morning coming up there. And then once again, the swimming tomorrow, 11.46. Um, getting a bit sick of the swimming in the morning, swimming finals in the morning. Would much prefer to be having a few beers at night, uh, watching dinner or having dinner, watching the Aussies absolutely carve up in the pool. But we're nearly there. And it's, it's worked for us, so we don't want to um, change a winning combination. So You just don't like getting up before 11.30. Yeah, well, you've got me there as well. But no, you've got to do what you've got to do to catch the Aussie gold, don't you, Ollie? The early bird would get to him. That's right. I'm not the early bird. Um, and then so in, kicking off tomorrow, we've got the 100 fly. We've got Matty Temple, the sixth fastest qualifier. He actually skipped our medley relay tonight, so... Seeing a good performance from him tomorrow be good news um, for before the medley on Sunday. Uh, he's up against it. He's got Caleb Dressel, who's actually the world record holder. Uh, and we know him all too well after breaking Australian hearts, knocking off the King Kyle in the in the 100 metres freestyle. Um, so Caleb's actually the world record holder and has broken the Olympic record in both his heat and semi-final. So if you're on world record watch, uh, Definitely keep an eye on that one tomorrow because Caleb uh, looks like he's absolutely on fire. And then we move to the women's 800-metre freestyle. We've got the Tit versus Ledeck round three. That's the great Arnie, the Terminator, a.k.a. the Tit, Titmus, up against Kathleen, Katie, Ledecky in the 800 metres. Obviously, the Tit's up 2-0 in the individuals. Ledeck's up 1-0 in the relays. How are you previewing this one, Tommy? Oh, look, I think... um... Ledecky's definitely warranted favourite. Um, I think her endurance background will, will probably put her in good stead um, compared to the tit who's probably right at her range there at 800 metres. Um, but I think, you know, it'd be a good achievement for her to medal. I, I don't know if she'll honestly challenge um, Ledecky, but it would be great if she did. You know, she's been surprising uh, to us all, all this whole meet. So let's, let's hope maybe she can pull another one out. And the thing is, you know, she's not going to have this in her program unless she genuinely thinks that she's a good medal chance. So uh, fingers crossed that 
Arnie can get the job done tomorrow, but I think Ledecky might be too strong. How about you, Lem? Yeah, mate. Um, obviously, the tits is one of our favourites on the show, so I, I agree. I think it's well well worth tuning in for because who knows what could happen there. Um, Ledecky, hot favourite, but the tit, she's shown a lot of fight so far, so she could she could do anything. Uh, the women's 200-metre backstroke, another one that uh, is well worth a watch. Two Aussies in the... In, in, in and amongst it. So uh, Kaylee McEwen, she's a favourite heading into it. She's going to swim from line six because she didn't have the best semi this the, uh, this morning. Um, but Emily Seabom um, is the fastest qualifier going. So they'll both be going for gold. So that's that's well worth a watch. The Seabom and the F-bomb. Al, you'll be, you'll be tuning in for this one. Yeah, good. I love a good bomb. And that, those two are right up there as well. Um, and then after that, we're still in the pool. Um, we've got the the Sharks, the Aussie water polo boys up against the Spanish. Uh, it looks like a bit of a tough game against the, the Spanish. They've sort of come through the ranks and now look to be a bit of a powerhouse there. It's typically more the Balkan countries being the water polo powerhouses. But um, the Stingers, uh, the Aussie girls, copped a big loss for them tonight. So that'll be one for the, uh, the boys to get a bit of retribution against them. Um, and then speaking of Spanish-speaking countries, we've got the Hockey Roos up against the Argentinians tomorrow. So the girls have been dominant thus far. They're unbeaten as well as the boys who had that unlucky draw today, one all against the Spanish. Um, but they're facing off against the Argentinians in the hockey. As we said, the, the Argentinians, uh, or uh, for my fellow Spanish-speaking Australians, Las Leonas, which is uh, Espanol for... The lionesses, if you don't speak Espanol like me. Um, but yeah, they've been quite dominant as well. But uh, we've definitely got the superior for and against, and that's the, the main tiebreaker in that one. So it looks like it would take a big loss, which I don't see on the cards for the mighty hockey roos not to go in um, as the top-ranked seed in our group. Moving on to the shooting, we've got the women's 50-metre rifle in three positions. So we've got... The three positions there for those interested, uh, kneeling, the prone, which is the lying down. Imagine you're uh, hunting out in the bush and lying on all fours, ready to shoot a big deer or something. So that's what, the, that's what they do in the, in the middle of the three uh, positions in the prone. And then finally the standing. So we've got Katrina Kaplos there. She's backing up from her 10 meter air rifle effort where she finished disappointing 44th. So, She'll definitely be looking, forward, looking to improve on that one. And then we've spoke at length about Maddie Worm. We spoke at length about the sailing. And as you know, we've got a rowing expert in our um, podcast cohort, but we also have a sailing expert. So over to you, uh, Mr. Oliver. Thanks, Al. Uh, another massive day down at the Regatta and another big one there tomorrow. Uh, so we've got the men's 49er kicking things off at 105. Uh, we've got Matty Belcher and Will Ryan. They're, they race today, race seven and eight. They finished fourth and first. So they're sitting in first overall with race nine and 10 tomorrow and the medal again on Sunday. So they're definitely worth a watch if our favourite broadcaster puts it on. That's a story for another day. The men's fin, Jake Lilly, he finished seventh and ninth today. He's just in eighth with four races left. Uh, the mixed NACRA. We've got Jason Waterhouse and Lisa Darman. Uh, seventh and eighth today in their two races. So they sit fifth overall. They are not 
they're, they're, they're a good chance at a medal. So they're there or thereabouts. One to keep an eye on, that's for sure. Uh, women's 49 FX. They were 49, 14th overall after finishing 11th and 19th today. Um, they'll go again tomorrow. Uh, and then we're back to the gymnastics for the men's trampolining now. Yeah, that's right. It's not an event I normally keep a close eye on, but uh, we've got an Aussie in there tomorrow, so provided I can I can sneak it in between the Melbourne and the Sydney races, I might give a big Dominic Clark a sneak in the tra- individual trampolining, but good luck to you there, Dominic. And then it's a bit of a quiet afternoon, um, so there's obviously plenty of sailing on throughout, uh, but until 6.20, which is one I'm always looking forward to, which is the Mighty Boomers, who are probably now my favourite Australian national team, uh, carry themselves so well. So the boys have got the Germans for a night and disappointing news coming in overnight from Tokyo with big man Aaron Baines um, out for the tournament with an off-court uh, suffering and a neck injury. It's a massive loss for the boys. He's been a big part of the team for a long time. He's an NBA veteran, does his jobs. But um, the positive to that is we should see the big man, Nick Kay, the Tamworth Thunderbolt promoted the starting lineup. And he's a man who does nothing wrong. He's absolutely awesome in the post. He uh, puts pressure on defensively. And for a big man, he's got terrific handles and uh, is a great passer of the ball. Um I'd also expect to see the big boy Duop Reef get some elevated minutes in the post. So he's he's done nothing wrong as well. Uh, looking forward to seeing him uh, step it up. Um, but the one man I am looking forward uh, to have a big game is Joe Ingalls. He, had, he was pretty good in the playoffs for the Jazz. He comes up with some big clutch points often. Um, and when he's on, he doesn't miss from beyond the arc. Uh, but he's been pretty quiet. Uh, this tournament and we really need him to step up his game coming into the play uh, into the quarterfinals uh, to support King Patty. Also just on the basketball, big shout out to Josh Giddy. He was part of the boomer squad in the, uh, the pre Olympics friendlies in uh, Las Vegas and had a good, good series there. He actually went pick six in the NBA draft today, which is well above most expectations that I sort of read and listened to. So He's gone to the Oklahoma City Thunder, so he's hoping him and uh, Shade Gilgis-Alexander can strike quite a combination. Uh, Ollie, you wanted to talk about the basketball as well? Mate, so, yeah, just with uh, Nick Kay getting promoted to the starting lineup, I was just wondering if um, we had any update on our friend Ryan Rosillo from the US and if we've got an apology from him yet. Yeah, yet to, yet to hear from Ryan. I've um, I've reached out to his employer, Bill Simmons, who's the founder and CEO of The Ringer. Uh, him and Ryan have a weekly show together, probably one of the bigger podcasts in the US that's worth listening to, unless you listen to uh, that uh, community radio host, Joe Rogan, as our um, one of our friendly listeners, Alec Duffy, um, kindly put it. Um, so just a bit of context there, Joe Rogan sort of came out and potted the Australian team, said we'd be the worst NBA team in the competition after we absolutely pants the Yanks in the Las Vegas tournament. And in every podcast that Priscilla uh, has been on with the great man Simmons since, he's refused to apologise to Australia. And so that's why we've made him an enemy of the show and an enemy of the nation. Um, so Ryan Rosillo, if you're still listening, if you ever listened, if you ever do listen, Say sorry, mate. It's not that hard. Does that satisfy your uh, question there, Ollie? Yeah, mate. That's back on. That's exactly what I was looking for. Good to hear. 
And then 7.37 tomorrow night, we've been looking forward to this one, a bit of all sauce, um, a bit of staunch from our man, Harry Garside, uh, Melbourne's favourite SAs. Uh, he's up against uh, the fourth Jonas brother, Jonas Jonas of Namibia. This one's already been delayed a couple of times, so I think it's the round of 16. So Harry, I think he had a good run in the Commonwealth Games a couple of years ago. Um, I'm not going to say how far he got because I'm actually not too sure, but... I reckon he's one of Australia's premier uh, lightweight amateur boxers with a, a, a burgeoning career in, in the pros after this. So it'd be great to see him get through that uh, and progress onto the medal rounds. Um, we've also had some pretty stiff results in the boxing so far, so it's probably due a bit of luck. Um, and then back to the athletics. Uh, from 8 o'clock at the Olympic Stadium, we've got the long jump qualifications. It's been 21 years, should be 20 years since the great man Jai Tarima took out silver, one of my favourite athletes and definitely a role model for how I live my life. Uh, Henry Frames in there. Um, he probably doesn't cite the great man Jai as a role model in terms of his um, lifestyle habits, but if he can replicate his um, achievements in the sandpit, then he's, um, he's doing a great job. So good luck to you, Henry. And then we get to the discus final. So this is an interesting one, actually. So Matthew Denny has been unheralded. He's, he's had quite a good career locally and in, uh, in the region so far. He actually qualified fourth overall into the discus final. They only get 12 in the final. So he threw a monstrous 65.13 metres um, with, the, I think it was his third throw tonight. The big Swede, though, Daniel Stahl, the world number one in the event, qualified top with a, moment, with a mammoth 66.12 metres. Um, so, so he's like the clear world number one at, at the moment. Um, just to put something into perspective, I know we've been a bit uh, bit blasé, a bit um, bit shy about uh, calling out our friends to the north and our friends to the east in terms of the doping. But uh, let's just talk about the their fellow communist country in 1986, the East Germans. So they actually... In 1986, East German man Jürgen Schultz set a world record in the discus, 74.08 metres. So that's eight metres further than the uh, world number one thrown in the Olympic semifinals uh, 35 years later. So all I've got to say there is that is some very, very, very boiling hot uh, snake sis. And... Uh, it's a tough one to end it on, uh, but that's that's the end of the tomorrow's preview, the Saturday preview of the 31st of July. Um, so I think as we, as now has become a custom, we still haven't worked out when our events we're punting on are, but we like to finish the show off with a multi. Um, just before we get to that, though, I'd like to shout out to our our most loyal punting listener, Hamish Dunbar, the great man sending the bet slip of our uh, our multi tips every night. Um, unfortunately, none of them yet to win. So, <laughs> Hamish, if uh, if we get to the end of the the Olympics and we're still yet to provide you with a winning multi, uh, I'm sure there'll be a few frothies coming your way. Just keep sending in the slips and keep showing your support. We absolutely love it. Uh, but for tomorrow's multi, it's Friday night. We've had a few, uh, we've had a few beers. The confidence is up, and I reckon we found a few tips. So, Ollie, what, what have you got for us tomorrow? 
Mate, I'm going to double down and go um, Kelly McEwitt in the backstroke, the 200-meter backstroke final tomorrow. She's paying $1.45. She's swimming from lane six, I, I believe. Do not let that fool you. She's been saving herself for this event, so she is ready and raring to go. There is nothing surer than Kaylee McEwen winning that, the 200 metres backstroke tomorrow. Yeah, beautiful. How about yourself, Tommy? Yeah, I've um, I've decided to stick with a sport that I know a little bit more about than my two previous trips, which were trap shooting and European handball. <laughs> Um, I've gone for Shelly Ann Fraser-Price. That's two double barrel names um, in the women's 100 metres at $2. So she's qualified fastest. There's still semis tomorrow, um, so she starts to get through that. But she is the uh, the world number one, um, and I'm expecting a good performance from Shelly Ann Fraser-Price, S-A-F-P. Outstanding. Yeah, well, I've, I've gone a similar tactic there. I've... Uh had a couple of stabs in the dark and have been to no avail. Uh, luckily today I was able to get the, the day right of when the event was on. So I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, but sticking to stuff I know tomorrow, well, I think I know anyway. So I've got uh, Jock Landale uh, should be starting up in the post for the Boomers tomorrow night. Over 11 and a half points. Sports better $1.87 looks a sure thing. Put up sort of 15 plus the other night and uh, should be... Dominating the boards, dominating the crowds as well. So if you throw all those together in a multi on sports bet, probably not my recommended um, betting operator of choice um, for personal reasons, but we're not going to divulge that. Um, that'll give you a total odds of 585. I'm sure if you go to some other competitors, you might get a better price or they might give you a boost. Um, so check out what's on the market. Um, check our Instagram tomorrow. That's tokyos.2020. We'll have the, the multi-selections up on that. Um, check our Twitter page for all of our uh, up-to-the-minute commentary. I'm sure that'll be a bit more active over the weekend, given the boys aren't studying and working so hard. And always, um, and as always, I should say, um, if you'd like to get in contact via email a bit more formal, it's oslympics at gmail.com. Um, I think that's a wrap for tonight boys um from the tokyo's 2020 virtual studios tom it's been a pleasure to see you again thanks al uh and thank you to any listeners that managed to get this far because there's quite a lot of dribble on this episode absolutely um and ollie have you got anything to say to our um our japanese listener alone japanese listeners yet to come forward oh no nothing to say i just i would just like to get in contact with them to discuss a few things so Nothing major, just more about what, what they can provide to the pod, but um, we'll leave it at that. Um, Al, thanks again. I'll see yeah. you again tomorrow night. Absolutely, mate. It's great to, great to see you again tonight and um, cannot wait to um, have a bit of a sport bender on the couch tomorrow. All right, listeners, uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning, same time, same place. Uh, keep enjoying the Olympics and stay classy.